Welcome to Side Talk, Side Talk, Side Talk. That's got like a little sitcom vibe to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, I liked that. I liked that a lot. I can keep doing this all day, all day. Um, who are you, singer? I'm Rachel Morgan. She's, I'm the creative director for the Sidewalk. You're wearing the, the big thingamajig <laughs> costume from The Masked Singer, which is why I didn't initially recognize you. You couldn't even tell. Couldn't That's tell. That's right. I, I wish the podcast were successful enough for me to go on The Masked Singer. Oh, I wish that too. I would watch it. Listen, uh, before I t- before I ask you who you are, let me just have a mass singer moment. Okay. I'll, I, we'll call it I've Got News, even though this is such old news. You realize that Mickey Rourke was on there, right? I do realize okay. that. Just want to make sure because yeah. it's. I was on my knees screaming, this is the best moment in television history ever. Didn't ever, he immediately ever. like take his mask off? He was like, I can't wear this. I can't handle it. It's coming. They were like, don't take it off. I mean, it was so clearly staged that he was just there. He There's no way they were going to get more than 15 minutes right. of his time. But I love the like, I can't take it anymore. I'm taking the mask off. And the singing is, I dare anybody, no matter what's happened in your life, to watch that and not laugh. Well, I, Corey Kraft, <laughs> will have to go check that out. Let's talk about movies. Oh, why would we when we can talk about The mass Singer? Get ready for a five-minute fight. Five-minute. Round one. Fight. fight. Five minute fight! Is that what it's time for? Yes, it is. And what are we fighting about today? We're fighting about Wonder Woman 1984, <laughs> uh, a movie that everybody in the world has been fighting about since it debuted on Christmas Day. Um, Rachel, you like this movie. I'm I do. T- I'm taking the, the negative side, but I, I want to say right offhand... I don't hate this movie with the virulence that people on the internet right, seem to. Right. I just don't think it's very good. So share with our listeners why you think it's it's good. I'm going to, yeah. The timer started, right? We good? Okay, so um, you know, I don't want to take too long with this, you know, belabor. So I here okay, let me go to my notes actually, because I took I'm probably the only person in the world, including including film critics that took notes on this. <laughs> um okay, so here's what I've got to tell you. It's as good as any other superhero film. Yeah. Minus, there's a couple, look, there's a couple. Like, The Dark Knight is special. Do not get me wrong. There's a couple of special little things out there. But it's as good as any other superhero film. It's as cheesy. It's as long-winded. It's just as dumb. It's just as saccharine. It's, but it's also just as fun. It's just as upbeat. Um, it's just as, you know, as predictable. It's just as bright. It's just as well directed. It's just as well performed. I just, I don't understand why everybody's going after this thing. I don't totally understand it either. I will push back against the the dumbness a little bit. I think this movie's a little dumber than most superhero oh, come movies. On. Um, not significantly dumber. Not so that I stopped and in the middle of watching it and was like, "Hmm, this is particularly dumb." But it's pretty dumb. My my complaints are that it doesn't need to be uh, anywhere close to as long as it is. Oh, and which and, and which fucking superhero film does? <laughs> uh, okay, Avengers so, Endgame. Oh come on! Uh, all three hours. I mean, of it. I've told. Look, I've already done my the first yeah. fifteen minutes of Endgame and how and how terrible yeah. it was. Look. It, this movie is fine, but it's also a mess from a plot perspective. Just looking at it in and of is itself, it? it's way overstuffed. You have this, you know, Steve Trevor, you know, Chris Pine's character right. doing a quantum leap style thing subplot, which doesn't really add up to much. You've got two villains, Kristen Wiig, who's fine. Sure. Pedro Pascal, who I think is actually pretty good in this movie. Um, 
but their their villainy, their grand plots certainly don't add up to very much. Uh, and Wonder Woman herself is is curiously sidelined throughout most of this movie, um, and and I think that's a real problem. How much Wonder Woman is even in this Wonder Woman there's movie? A, there's a significant amount of Wonder Woman. There's in only this thing. really. Three major action set pieces. The thing at the beginning with the mall, the car chase, which is unfortunately plagued with some pretty dodgy special effects. Oh, and wow. then the incomprehensible climax fight with Kristen Wiig, who looks like Taylor Swift in Cats. She looks nothing like Taylor. Have you seen – you need your glasses checked. Oh, Taylor Swift in Cats is one of my Zoom backgrounds <laughs> that I teach with, okay? So I know from Taylor Swift in Cats. Look, it's got it's got two villains. I get it. That, that's problematic. But I don't think it's it, – it's no again, no worse than anything else. Mm. And I don't think that the end is, is – you know, is far out there. It's, also, this thing takes place in the 80s. It's kind of fun for that reason. Where's it's the 80s upbeat. music? Well, I mean, the music is the music would be my biggest issue. Is like what's going on there? I don't really know why they didn't lean more into it, and they and they really messed us during the trailer on that. Yeah. But let me not go down that road too much because it's not supporting my cause here. <laughs> I saw this in the theater, and I think that's part of it. Yeah. I think a lot of people are not computing something, which is that a lot of people laid on their couch and watched this when they would have normally gone to a movie theater to see it. Mm-hmm. And there is something about seeing something in a movie theater, no matter what people want to try to say. Oh, it's just it's good for my couch. Oh, I've got a really no, great sound bar. Wrong. It's not. And so I did experience this, and I experienced it on the four-foot story screen at the Lux, where, by the way, I was safer there than I was in the building where I live in the same building with somebody who has COVID. And there was really nobody else in that in the room on New Year's Eve is when I saw it. So um, I was in a very safe place to watch it um, in this particular theater, but I was watching it on a four-story screen, and I think that makes all the difference. And it was, by the way, built for that. Patty Jenkins built this film to be screened on a huge, giant screen with big sound, as a lot of superhero films are built to be screened. I have no doubt that it would have been better received had it been released in a traditional way, because the the whole souffle of the superhero movie thing might just kind of collapse watching it for the first time at home, and the, and the, the plot holes and issues with it are more readily uh, Oh, yeah. There's never been a plot hole in a big blockbuster film before. I mean, it's just, again, what is everybody expecting? And I don't know how anybody's mad watching 130 minutes of Gal Gadot. How does anybody mad about that? It also Well, it's like 150 minutes of Gal Gadot. Well, there you go. Um, Is it? I can't remember. Yeah, it's super long. uh, Well, it's also every superhero Mm. film is super long. It's also in the spirit of the TV show. Well, you can keep that. Why? It's based, it's like, it's sort of riffing on that, Sam. Most of that felt like a tie, kind of. You all both feel sort of like mitt, like lukewarm on it. Um, but I like how Rachel has a lot of notes. Um, let me go to my notes. It's some bonus points. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give Rachel one million points for the evergreen, extremely true statement that theatrical viewings are just better than home viewings no matter what, like no matter how you put it. I'm biased a little bit because I work in a movie theater. Um, so come <laughs> I mean, see Wonder Woman. Sure. I mean, it is yet another superhero movie from the superhero movie factory. They just turn them out every day. And Kristen Wiig is totally miscast. It's really weird. And she does definitely look like um, a character from Cats, especially Taylor Swift. Oh, somebody's in trouble. <laughs> um, Told Swifties. You. Told you. So, stand back and stand <laughs> proud. What? what? <laughs> oh my God! This recording booth is Capitol Hill. 
Um, Kristen Wiig is miscast, miscast, unlike her role in Mother, which it made me think of because that was purposely miscast. On She was in the movie on purpose to make it seem, give you that weird sort of fever dream feeling. And you get the same feeling, not on purpose, in Wonder Woman, if that makes sense. And not to sound like a toddler, but I do like how colorful it is. Dark and gray movies are just boring no one likes to look at them. Um, they're eyesores. And I'm also going to give Corey about a million points for the mental image of him teaching a class in front of the <laughs> Taylor Swift in Cat's Zoom background. <laughs> what a sentence and what an image. So I think it's a tie for Wonder Woman 1984. If you want colors, we can get you a kaleidoscope. But also, I think the movie's bad, so Corey wins, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> this is so like the U.S. Senate. <laughs> You hear the wind chimes blowing gently in the wow, breeze. Wow, in the distance, I do, I do. What is that? It, it means it's time to reflect. Reflections. What are we reflecting on? So, you know, what a week. <laughs> what a week. As a matter of fact, uh, what a you year. Know, <laughs> what a week, what a year. In the last, and I understand that this will be a little bit of a delay when people are listening to this, but um, this week is sort of the first week of the new year, right? Mm-hmm. It's the. Um, Everything's going wonderfully so far. Oh, yeah. You know, we just we just came through the uh, we just came through the the holidays. Um, we locked the Sundance lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a health crisis explosion. Yep. Uh, Sundance canceled their uh, Park City premieres and their LA premieres, the Rose Bowl included. Um, it's about you know sort of this political um, situation in Georgia that's that's looking like a like a overturn here, like a little bit of a surprise maybe. Yes. I was writing those good vibes um, into this morning. Which brings us to... <laughs> to when we're recording this. I thought my biggest thing today was going to be, you know, a little bit of Sundance drama, but it isn't. It is uh, takeover in Washington, and it's only Wednesday. Yeah, armed insurrection at the U.S. Capitol <laughs> building. So, but you know what? Screw all that. Let's talk about what's really important, movie theaters. How about um, <laughs> So recently, I thought we'd just take a minute. We, you know, we talked for a long time, you know, many months ago uh, and during our one sort of quarantine podcast, if you will. And we learned during that time that we really need Batwell Studios to keep our ass in line. Because yeah. otherwise, we just record on shitty mics and we don't really keep up with each other and it's terrible. Um, we are, we're not really easy to – we can't self, self-supervise much, do we? No, no, no. Um, we're rowdy. So anyway, so, uh, we talked at that time about, you know, what in the hell was going to be the future of cinema when, you know, because of the pandemic and we've talked a little bit about it here and there, but I, I think now's a good time as we begin to see, dare I say, a uh, light at the end of a tunnel. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly I don't know that you expected the vaccine to be making the rounds this early and this bigly. Yeah. I thought it was kind of a best case scenario you know, as recently as a few months ago that that a vaccine would be available. Um, it is not as readily available as I think most of us would hope, but it, sure. is, it is getting out there slowly right. but surely, and I, I expect that to ramp up. We went from this is going to be two weeks to this is going to be forever to now I think we're, um, I don't know, we don't have an end. In, there's not a specific end in sight, but there's a sort of uh, A vague, like, late summer slash fall hoping. sort of potential ending. Yeah. And so with that, you know, theaters have been shuttered for um, for a lot of them almost coming on a year now. Certainly, um, you know, the ones that have reopened, like us, the good fortune of reopening Sidewalk, um, have done so at such a reduced capacity that, 
you know, it's very difficult to keep your head above water. Yeah. Um, and so I, I've been noticing an article or two posted here or there that are, you know, as, as is probably typical, um, about, you know, every industry, it's the sort of what's the future of cinema. And one of the articles that I, you know, feverishly was commenting on that somebody posted was this sort of idea that film can exist and the industry can exist without cinema. So quit worrying about the cinema. And that sentiment wow, that is, has really got me up in arms. That's that's empirically untrue. And I think we've seen a lot of evidence of that in the past few weeks. Right. Um, you know, consider, for instance, and this is something we've talked about, the absolute uproar of filmmakers who have made big budget movies for Warner Brothers that are now going, you know, without the filmmakers being told beforehand, now going day and date in cinemas and on HBO Max, the streaming service. So the filmmaker Denis Villeneuve, who directed Blade Runner 2049 and the upcoming Dune, his response to that was basically, Warner Brothers has killed the Dune franchise before they've even bothered to release the first movie. And the reason for that is there's no way... Even with the predicted increase in HBO Max subscriptions, that Dune will make back its budget being released in cinemas and on HBO Max in the same day. Right. Um, so what we're doing is we're saying there is a certain level of movie making um, that becomes financially no longer viable unless you are Disney and you own more money than you know the Vatican. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really, I think that's a really good point. I mean, also, you know, one of the things I said was in this feverish, my my feverish <laughs> reply is, you know, f- when films are made to be put onto a big screen, that's how they're made. And mm-hmm. by the way, even if we stop doing that today and we start just making them for the for the for home viewing enjoyment, like we're making the fucking Bachelorette, <laughs> even if we do that today, we're talking about a hundred plus years of film right. history that's just down the tubes that were made to be that was made to be put on a big screen. That's a lot of films. It it ceases to become cinema. It just becomes content. Right. And we've seen again in the past few weeks plenty of examples of that. Um, you know, David Fincher, a director we've talked about a lot in the last few weeks. Uh, just released a movie called Mank. You showed it at the Sidewalk Cinema. Yes, we did. Um, people talked about that movie for a weekend right. after it dropped on Netflix, and then it has almost thoroughly vanished from the conversation. Whereas if that film were receiving a conventional theatrical release, admittedly in more conventional times, yeah. that film would platform over any number of weeks. That film would steadily build... Uh, the conversation. So it's not just these big budget blockbusters that are suffering from not being seen in cinemas. Smaller movies are getting absorbed into these, you know, content farms and, you know, sent to the people who might want to see them merely by algorithm. There's no rhyme or reason to that. And as soon as, you know, they are consumed, like the content they are treated as, they just kind of vanish. And nobody talks I, about them anymore. I agree. And again, they're built to be put on this on a particular screen with particular sound. They're built. They're engineered. They're directed. They're 
it's all by design that they're supposed to be played on a in a particular environment in yeah. a particular arena. And when you don't do that, okay, well, that's a consolation prize, but it's not the same thing. It's just like when I get to curbside to go from Frank Stitt's restaurants. <laughs> is it delicious? Yes. Does it, t- does it taste as good coming out of my fucking microwave as it does <laughs> when I sit my ass in the restaurant? Hell no, it no, doesn't. No way. It's just not the same. It's not. Is it, is it, can it get me through? Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm, I, I miss like the, the, the nice restaurant experience, but you know, when, I hope to get back there. But in the meantime, like when I want a really, really good meal and I can't cook anything for you at all, just so you know, <laughs> it's a shocker. And when I want a really, really good meal, I mean, does it, does it sort of make me feel a little better? Yes. But is it the same? Hell fucking no. I remain a little bit more optimistic about the, the near term future. Yeah. I, I think, um, because as I've said on this podcast before, as soon as it, as it is safe to do so in large numbers, I feel like all the convenience in the world of just being able to sit on your couch and watch whatever is – I mean we, we've spent a year now almost sitting on our couch watching whatever. When it's safe to do so, I think people are going to want to get out of Man, the I house. I hope you're right. I hope uh, you're right. I, I really do believe that. Um, I am itching to be vaccinated as soon as possible for that reason and also to do my job. Sure. Um, but – I mean, there's just nothing like it, and I want to return safely uh, as soon as I can. Uh, I don't think I'm alone. I don't think you're alone either. I just it worries me when I see, and I, I'm not going to name any names because the gentleman who posted this lovely, we lo- I like him a lot. He's a he's a regular at the cinema, mm-hmm. and he's a he's a great filmmaker, and so I'm not going to do that. Um, but um, it's just it, it upsets me when I see a filmmaker post this kind of stuff because and, and sort of and give it a you know I, I agree kind of gesture. It just upsets me because I agree with you. Um, and I hope, I feel like if we want, this is the other thing. If you want to consider something art and I consider film art, now, sure. do I consider all film art? I'm not, I mean, clearly no. I mean, <laughs> you, you've heard the podcast before. Christmas on the Bayou art. Clearly not. But if, <laughs> but if you want to consider film art, then it's the, it, what, what cinemas do is elevate it to that level it, it you can't have great art without some kind of gallery space. Now you know do it, what is gallery space? Do we re envision it? How does it work? That's all you know. Heck, we're not going to answer that question. That's a question for the art world. Sure. But point is, is that there's a reason why galleries exist, and there's a reason why cinemas exist. And if film is an art, and and the and the gallery goes away, then what does it become? I I can keep going with this, but you know I just want to kind of reflect back a little bit on the on and you know I'm 200 million years old, um, but just in my lifetime the change of the theatrical cycle, mm-hmm. just in my lifetime you know having something when I was a kid that would play for months yeah. in a movie theater and that you would go see it two or three times and then you wouldn't see it again for years you just wouldn't to you know the the ability to go to a to a um a video store and rent something that you know is on a shelf that's like staff picks to right. this this time this wonderful amazing beautiful time I had in film school where you know I went to school at SCAD so I was in Savannah Georgia and um movies surprise didn't come to Savannah much big <laughs> indies didn't come to Savannah and um certainly little indies didn't and so you know just for example we would drive to Atlanta to watch a film it would because there would be no other way to see it for like a year. You I, know? I used to do that from Tuscaloosa when I was in college. Yeah, and that drive, just that drive to go see a film, and then to come back and to talk with with everybody, my colleagues in the car, the whole way back about the film. That experience is does no, just no longer exist. I don't expect that experience to come back. But what is lost if we lose a cinemas? What is lost? 
I, I, it's, I can't begin to draw that map. I think the loss is incalculable, but I, I am not imminently worried yeah. about it being gone forever. Um, you know, is it going to look different? Of course. Um, are we going to have fewer multiplexes in the area when all of this is said and done? Who knows, right? I mean, the, the big chains are yeah. in financial um, distress at the moment. Um, but I don't think it's going away forever, and I don't gotcha. think the the big event movies um, – I mean, there there's still lots of big event movies on the schedule. Um, I, I take some solace in the fact that – you know we can we can curse their names um until the sun goes down uh Walt Disney uh the Walt Disney Corporation has to date not signaled that they are going to streaming with any of their Marvel properties they fully expect those to be big screen events and Well that's great know, but there's still a bunch of dirty bitches Sure I mean I expected that response. Um, and we can talk about the harm that, that the Disney monopoly has done on theatrical exhibition, and we have talked about that. But the fact is that there are plenty of, of companies who still have their chips mostly on theatrical exhibition. And I'm not worried, at least in the short term, um, that, that it's going away. Um, now, if this drags on for – the indefinite future, who knows? Who knows? I mean, who knows? I think that's kind of where where we get shaky is that right. I, I, I don't know the answer to but that. But it doesn't seem like it's going to drag yeah, on. Yeah, let's... Now, let, it, I can listen back to this podcast in seven months when I'm we're all I'm like, knocking on wood right let's now. Let's knock on wood. Um, because listening back on this in seven months when we're traversing the irradiated wasteland, um, you know, <laughs> who knows? But Well, um, we're recording this from a m- abandoned movie theater. Yeah. Um, so my last kind of question to wrap this up then with our, you know, again, reflections isn't really trying to land on an answer. It's just sort of putting it out there and reflecting, if you will. Uh, how many people do you think are like, you know, movie theaters don't matter, don't care anyway. How many of those people do you think have soap opera mode on their camera, on their TV at home oh, right now? God, turn off motion <laughs> smoothing. Ugh. I mean, You're not giving me like an answer. What percent? 95%. <laughs> And then the other 5% maybe accidentally turned it off, and they're just like, well, well hell, I can't figure out how to, to fix it now, but it used to look better, and they used the motion smoothing to watch football or whatever, and God, it's and they, just the worst. They, they're like, my Sonos soundbar is just as good as the, as the AMC. No, it isn't. It's probably pretty good I have one. It's pretty viewing, damn good, but it but doesn't no, sound anything it, like the, no. the theater. Anyway, that's... Reflections. Thank you for listening to Side Talks. I'm singing us home. (laughs) (laughs) I I like that even on a a pretty weighty afternoon like today, you still come with a song in your heart. I do. You know, it's I'm just trying so hard to be on Mass Singer. So uh, we're your own cinematic Dawson and Pacey. I, I understand the reference, but I've never seen an episode of this well, show. Well, you need to watch one and just keep this in mind. You are definitely Dawson, and I'm definitely Pacey. Okay, all right. Um, duly noted. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea what that I means, don't. but you're not going to like it when you find oh, out. Oh, great. Uh, well, thanks to Boutwell Studios for everything they do uh, in producing this show and keeping us on task. For real. And uh, SidewalkFest.com. And uh, on social media, at SidewalkFilm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, check out all of those places for information about the uh, Sundance screenings, which as yeah, of the release real. of that, this episode, 
might be imminent. Hashtag Corey sucks. Bye. <laughs> Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.